Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, only about 13 or 14 minutes usually, but it keeps us in God's Word and that helps keep us strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17, <clears throat> but being in God's Word every day helps keep us focused on a relationship with God and upon our spiritual lives. Now, help people in your life grow in their faith by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You don't know how much you might help somebody grow in their faith, grow in their spiritual relationship with God by getting them into God's Word by sharing these studies with them. So make that commitment and start sharing today with everybody you can. That'll be a great blessing for you and for them. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We're asking the question, is there an unforgivable sin? Is there a sin that is so bad, so heinous, that if a person commits it at whatever point in his life, he's doomed for eternity? Now, he might be 65 years old, he might be 85 years old, but he might be 25 years old. And if he commits that sin or she commits that sin, is it such that they're condemned to hell no matter what they do the rest of their life? No matter how f closely they try to live by the scriptures, they're going to still go to hell because they've committed that sin back somewhere in their life. There are some people who are concerned about such a sin. Jesus talked about a sin that is unforgivable, that is eternal. He talks about it as being the blasphemy against, as being blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Uh, or speaking against, that's what blasphemy means, speaking against the Holy Spirit, maybe disbelieving in the Holy Spirit. Well, we looked at the context of Scripture, and it's, it's covered in three parallel texts, Matthew chapter 12 and verses um, 22 through 32, Mark chapter 3, verses 22 through 30, and Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 23. Now, we read through those entire texts in every one of those particular New Testament gospel accounts, and we noted that it was a situation wherein Jesus, having healed a man who had been possessed by a demon and was deaf, or rather blind and mute, uh, he healed the man he, by casting out the demon, and the man could see and he could hear. But there were some enemies of Christ in the crowd, and while some looked at him and saw what he had done and, and said, you know, could this be the one, you know, the one prophesied by God? But some of his enemies, his disbelievers said, oh, no, 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 he's doing that by, he's casting out demons by the prince of demons, <laughs> Beelzebub. Now, Jesus, knowing what they were saying, he simply began to reason with them from a logical perspective. He said, what sense does that make? Would Satan cast out Satan? Would Satan cast out the prince of demons? What, you know, a, a kingdom divided against itself, it's not going to stand. And so what you're suggesting, what you're accusing me of, is foolhardy to begin with. So what was the situation there? Jesus even said in that particular context of Scripture, you can blaspheme me, but if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, there's no forgiveness. You can blaspheme me and still be forgiven, but you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, there's no forgiveness. Well, what about those people, many of whom, during, you know, living during the time Jesus was upon this earth, 
and proclaiming the gospel message of salvation, forgiveness, eternal life through him, many of those who heard him or heard of him, they spoke against him. When Peter was preaching on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, 10 days after Jesus ascended back to heaven, he was preaching to a whole multitude of Jewish men, many of whom were enemies of Jesus. And Peter pulled no punches in convicting them of their sin. But in verse 37, some of them said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? They had been convicted and convinced of their sin. Now, they had rejected the Savior. They had blasphemed the name of Jesus, many of them at least, I believe we're to understand. But were they unforgivable? No, because Peter answered the question, what shall we do? Repent, he said, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, now, that was God's word that Peter was proclaiming to them. And now it's written down for us in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. But where did the word of God come from? How did it come to be written down? Paul identifies it as being, all scripture as being God's very word, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. But the men who God chose to write down his very word in Scripture to guide us for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ were guided to do so by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter chapter 1, no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of private interpretation, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit as they were guided by the Holy Spirit to write what they were, what they wrote. So somebody could have been an atheist, didn't believe in God. I've known such individuals, most of whom came to believe in God. But they may not believe in Jesus. Well, they could be forgiven if they didn't believe in God, if they come to believe in Jesus, because believing in Jesus will also necessitate their believing in God. But they could be forgiven even if they didn't believe in Jesus, if they would search the scriptures, God's word, and understand what it says about them needing to repent and believe in Jesus as God's son and God as the creator and God the father. And then if they will repent and be baptized into Jesus for the remission of sins. But if they reject the scriptures, the Word of God, written by men guided by the Holy Spirit, then they've rejected the Holy Spirit. And there is no more hope. As long as they continue to reject God's Word, written by men guided by the Holy Spirit, they have no hope. There's no forgiveness beyond the forgiveness that is taught in the Scriptures. God's Word written by men, guided by the Holy Spirit. Let me read to you a short text of Scripture. 1 John chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. If we say, if, rather, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, read verse 9 again or listen to it again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can be forgiven from all unrighteousness. Now, that phrase, all unrighteousness, it leaves out nothing that would prohibit us from being forgiven for. All unrighteousness. But what, is, what does it say? If we confess our sins. How do we come to understand that we need to confess our sins? That we need to repent of our sins? That we need to seek forgiveness through Jesus Christ? from the Word of God written down as Scripture, being God's very Word written down by men guided by the Holy Spirit to write God's very Word, to get it correct, and to be God's very Word. Now, how do atheists become Christians? They come to believe in God's Word and believe in God thereby. How do people who believe in God but don't believe in Jesus, and there are many of them, come to believe in Jesus by God's word? They study it. They come to understand it, and they realize that it's the truth. But if you reject God's word written by men, guided by the Holy Spirit, then you've rejected the Holy Spirit, you've rejected God's word, and there is no more hope. You have to come back to God's word. And only thereby can you come to forgiveness. Can you grow in your faith? Again, what do we keep emphasizing on today's Bible class? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. How, by what means, what avenue, if you want to think of it that way, are we called to salvation? By the gospel of Christ, the word of God. Second Thessalonians chapter, Second Thessalonians chapter two and and uh, the closing verses there, to which yeah, verses thirteen and fourteen. Salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, God's word, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 13 and 14. But if you reject God's word, you've rejected your last hope. You've rejected the guidance that of God through the Holy Spirit, and there is no more hope. You've thrown off the last lifeline that God has thrown to you to pull you out of the condemnation of sin. Now, why do some people want to know about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Or maybe the more general reference in their mind, an unforgivable sin. Have they committed an unforgivable sin? Well, they may feel like 
they've done something so bad that they can't be forgiven, that they've lived such a bad life that God would not forgive them. Maybe they've committed a murder. Maybe they've been an adulterous individual, promiscuous sexually for decades in their life. Murder, adultery, immorality, those are serious sins. And they all carry condemnation as judgment. But David was guilty of both murder and sexual immorality, adultery. 2 Samuel chapter 11 and Psalm 51. But he was forgiven of both of those. Jesus sent the woman taken in adultery away, forgiven, uncondemned. John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Those who murdered Jesus were offered remission of sins. And 3,000 immediately accepted and were baptized into him for the remission of their sins. Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 41. Again, what does 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 say? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And what does 2 Peter 3 and verse 9 say? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We're going to finish our study next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for being gracious and merciful and loving and kind and forgiving. Help us to understand that if we will come to repentance and seek forgiveness in baptism into Christ, that you will forgive us of our sins if we truly repent and change our life. We pray for that forgiveness, Father. We pray for it. In Jesus' name, amen.